Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Laredo, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in once again on this beautiful day. Here with my good friend David Abood. Hey, John. Great to be here with you as always. And uh, thank you for tuning in. You know, we really appreciate WNZN Radio. Yeah. The platform we have here to really connect with the wider community. And uh, as you said before, David, all our shows are archived. So if anybody wants to see uh, older show, an interview with you with the missionary or somebody with fellowship of Christian athletes or Christian businessmen, they're all labeled and they're all with the date on it. You can go into john1421.com. That's www.john1421, the number 1421.com, and all the shows are archived. You'll just yes. uh, greatly appreciate my son Michael doing that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, once again, um, we're not that far away from uh, Holy Week, which is Good Friday, and of course, followed by the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, when we think of the this time of the year, David, when we think of the death of Jesus and his resurrection, and what it means to become a Christian and commit your life to Christ, we've talked to people literally around the world, right, in this past year, that, have, that are involved in ministry, and they're seeing lives transformed and people being set free from all kinds of bondages of alcohol and drugs and Mm -hmm. pornography. But I thought today, David, we'll discuss what are the benefits of being a Christian? And what are the benefits of the Christian faith? I think it was about a month ago, we kind of looked at the benefits to culture and society. We may touch on that again when you look at uh, things like literacy, medicine, prison reform, uh, orphanages, AIDS hospice, leprosariums, all kinds of different yeah. things. Uh, music, uh, the great colleges, Oxford, Cambridge, Brown, Bob, Brown University, Harvard, Princeton. Yeah. All really yeah. started as a result <laughs> yeah. of this one man, Jesus of Nazareth. You know, he left such a uh, an incredible impact just on history and culture. I always say he splits our calendar in half, <laughs> you know, B.C. B- and A.D. Yeah. Before Christ and Adam Deum. So, um, I thought we would talk today and discuss, David, what are the benefits of being a Christian? What are the benefits? You know, I'm just there's so many, but we'll just touch on a few of these. But I'm right. going to tee it up. But just look at the Bible in, in a very famous parable in Luke chapter 15. Uh, you know, Jesus spoke in parables. I think there's over almost 40 if you look at all the Gospels. But this is one of the more famous ones, uh, Luke chapter 15. And it's, of course, it's the famous parable. We won't get into high detail. I just want to set it for the benefits that you get sure. as a believer today. But it, it's, it has the idea that God is a seeking God, and it starts out with the good shepherd will leave the 99 sheep, and he'll go looking for the one lost sheep. And when he finds them, it says in this parable, Luke 15, he rejoices with everybody. He says, I, I find this one that was lost. And then it talks about this woman, a widow, um, that didn't... Had ten silver coins. She lost one, and she looks all through the house with a light, looking for that one last silver one that was lost. And then she finds it, and her neighbors come over, and she's very happy she found it. But the point of that is, is there's great benefit when when you're found, when you're lost and you're found. There's great joy to that. As we're going to see that case with the sinner. But the big one is the next parable about lost things. And here's a person. This this rich man had two sons. The one son says, look, give me my inheritance now. I want to go and live my life my own way. And it says he goes off to a far country 
and he spends everything he has. You know, kind of, that's where you get the word prodigal, just wasteful. And what he didn't realize, a great famine happened in the land. And he was, he, he, everything, he lost all his money, and I think he lost all his friends. The only place he could find work was to go to the fields and feed the pigs, the swine. And you remember, this is, he's speaking this in a cultural kind of a, a place, in context. That was the worst thing you could do was have pigs, let alone feed the pigs. That's your job. But then the next verse says, he would have, he ate their food. Yeah. He's eating what the pigs ate. You can't get any lower, right? And so then he says this this verse here, verse 7, and when he came to himself. See, this is a strategic point in all of our lives. Am I right, David? When sometimes in your life you come to yourself and you say, where have I come from? Where am I going to? What am I living for? And he basically repents here. And that's when he says, he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? Then he makes a plan. I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Notice, he admits it's his problem. He takes ownership. He didn't say, well, he shouldn't give me my inheritance earlier. You didn't treat me good at home. He takes, he's not a victim. He takes responsibility. But notice he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Because when we sin, it's just not against God. Our sins often affect other people. Yeah. You know, he's talking, I've sinned against spiritually, against my heavenly father. Also sinned against my earthly father, because mm-hmm. what did he do to the father's name, which was so big in that culture? He, he you know, he left it. It was a yeah. terrible reputation. Mm-hmm. And he comes back. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like a hired servant. See, he wants to work his way yeah. back to his father. But look at verse 20. You want to read that one, David. Very important verse. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Notice this now. He was a far off. He came to his father. He was still a great way farther. Mm-hmm. The father saw him. See, the father in this, of course, is our heavenly father. Right. He's always looking for the repentant sinner to come home. He sees him from afar off. Very interesting how our Lord words this. He says, but look at the verbs here. He sees him. He he has compassion. He ran. He fell on his neck or hugged him, and he kissed him. See how the proximity he closes? Yeah. One repentant sinner, look how God closes that distance. (laughs) That's why the Bible says a broken and a contrite heart, God will in no wise refuse. This is very important. Maybe somebody's listening today. You think I've drifted too far, I'm too great a sinner, I've done yeah. too many things wrong. Right. How could God ever forgive me? Well, there's a good lesson right here. Yes. God, you take one step to God, he's running towards you. Mm-hmm. That's his mercy and his grace. But notice, he won't let the boy say something here. He says, he says, verse 21, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Stop. He, what won't the father let him say? Remember he rehearsed what he was going to say earlier? Yeah. He has part of it, but he won't let him say what? Make me like one of your hired servants. Right. You cannot work your way back to God. It's by grace. And the father doesn't let him say that. Yeah. It's very interesting. We're not saved by works, but by grace. Yeah. A free gift. 
Yeah, and then that verse, the father said to his servants, quick, bring him the best robe and put it on him. Well, that's what we're getting to. Yeah. He doesn't only accept him. Now, just imagine this kid coming up the road. Yeah. He's got nothing to commend himself to the father. Yeah. He's probably in rags. Yeah. He lost all the inheritance. Probably smells. He rest the family yeah. day. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's nothing. And the father hugs him. You know, the father hugs him. He's not afraid of the dirt and the grime and the smell and all that other stuff. He has nothing, you know. But notice right away, like you just said in verse 22, he just doesn't forgive him and receive him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even say bring out a robe. He says bring out the best robe. Yeah. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sails on his feet. Bring out the fatted calf. That's the best one, the fatted one. Kill it. Let us eat and be merry. So here's the, here's what we're talking about today. He just didn't give forgiveness yeah. and restoration. He got these gifts, a robe, a ring, sandals, which meant he's not a servant. You wear sandals. The servants were barefoot, of course. Bring out the fatted calf. It was a big banquet. There's going to be music, and there's going to be a party. Yeah. So he got more than he thought. Just yeah. When what? I came to Christ or you come to Christ and you start learning, you receive more than just forgiveness. Am I right? Oh, yeah. What's some of the things you get? Well, they're all the, the regular good ones. But, you, you know, the, the obviously the— you know, the one thing you touched on, though, um, we talked about this earlier, is the importance of why you want to become a Christian. You know, you, you get to you get answers to all the key questions. Why are you here? Where do we come from? Is there a purpose for your existence? How many people do we know that we've seen in the press that either acquire fame via Hollywood celebrity or they're great music artists or they're great in business, but they end up with severe depression or commit suicide. Yeah. So yeah. those the, those questions are key. But the real thing I thought about, you know, this this kid was dead. Yeah, right. And, and it's, you know, I kind of, it's akin to me of Jesus being sent to be the perfect sacrifice, which is the only way we could retrieve what our first parent's sin was. Right. And in the Garden of Eden, and this kid is getting reborn. Yeah, there you go. And so it's the same thing with Christ coming for all of us. You know, what a gift to be able to say we are reborn and we're going to have eternal life when we follow Jesus Christ. That's probably one of the biggest gifts you can have. The father even says he was dead, Mm -hmm. but now he's alive. Yeah. He says, let's make merry. That's the last verse. Your brother was dead and he's now alive. He was lost and now he's found. That's the last verse, and that's powerful. Yeah, and, and there's two verses here. No judgment in Christ. Wow. Those who belong to Christ have no judgment. That's in Romans a one. And, of course, we've all sinned, but no one measures up. That's why Jesus was uh, sent, and that's Romans 3.23. So, um, th- I mean, that has got to be one of the greatest gifts yeah. in my mind. So that's number one, like this yeah. prodigal received. Mm-hmm. You have new life in Christ. And it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, yep. now there's no condemnation. How many people do we know are walking around with a ball and chain of guilt? Yeah, They know they did wrong. They know they messed up. But where do they go with it? Or, so, But here's the other side that we have to mention. Um, if we reject Jesus, yeah, right, yeah. we receive condemnation, the lake of fire, the second death, if we reject Jesus, and that's in Revelations 21.8. Yeah. There's consequences that's... and there's rewards. You're right, David. There's, 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 
That's why John the Baptist and Jesus start out with the word repent, turn yeah. away from your old life. This boy had to turn away from the pigsty, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 further he got away from the pigsty, the closer he got to his father's house. Right. Am I right? Yes. But I mean, he could have just said, "Oh, I'm in a bad way." He could have just stayed there and tried to get a better job. Maybe he wouldn't be feeding the pigs. Maybe he'd be feeding the chickens. You know, what's yeah, up or something? Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of sitters are. They just think. Oh, you know, I'm in a bad way now, but maybe I can get out of this and this and that. But no, use that trauma in your life or that situation or that caused discomfort or pain to like come to your senses like this boy did. And say, yes, there's got to be a better way to live my life. Yes. And now uh, that's what I discovered at age 27. You know, and it, 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 what, what it happens is his whole life changed in one day. Right. I mean, he's living in a pigsty. <laughs> And that night he's sleeping in a bed. He's got a ring on. He's got a robe. He's got the you know this music and community and all this other good stuff. All of that changed in one day because he encountered you know this this repentance. But but John, this is so important as we're talking about the benefits. We really need the listener to understand there's a really dark side. Yeah. To to rejecting Jesus. Right. right. And it's clear. I mean, that's the second death. You're going to be in a lake of fire. And you know, I, I was I was baptized initially Roman Catholic, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't clear to me. If you look at John three three, the key to it is we can't just say we're a part of this group, right? We have to be born again. And John three three says you must be born again. That's the key. It's not just going to church once a week for an hour right. and saying you've been baptized in this framework. You have to be born again. That's the key, right? Yeah. And in a sense, that's what happened to this boy in this parable. Yep. His dad said he is dead. Now he's alive. And notice he has a brand new life. Now he's gonna he's gonna be the mature son his dad always wanted yeah. to be. You know. Yeah. So so yeah, you're right, David. Number one, repentance. Mm-hmm. He had to get up and leave the pigsty, that old way of living. To come to Christ, you have it's like two sides of the coin. Yep. Part of it is a rejection of your old life or repentance. The second is receiving Christ. To as many as believe upon him, to them he gave the privilege to become a child of God. That's in John chapter 1. So that's that starts our new life. And as we start our new life, it says in First Peter, as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. And so one of the benefits you have when you accept Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's like the biggest possession ever, Yep, to have the Holy Spirit indwelling. Well, one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit is you now can understand Scripture. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Talk to it. Well, um, you know, I initially always thought that the Scripture had a bunch of falsities in it. Mm. Like, you know, Jonah being swallowed by a whale is the big thing that comes to mind. But some of this stuff was really grandiose. But I wasn't reading it with the goggles that I have now when I became reborn. I was reading it more from the secular world. And it just wasn't clear to me how beautiful the story was, how concise it was, but the fact that it truly was God's hand in writing this. And the key is, you know, it, it, you really made it simple for me. You said, Dave, you're a visual guy. Look at the fact that the, that there's the, a left side of a sword, which is the Old Testament. The right side is the New Testament. And the point on the sword is Christ connecting them both yeah. perfectly. So when you start to look from the Garden of Eden, our first parents sin, immediately God says he's going to send his son. Right. And he condemns the enemy. Yeah. Um, and then throughout the Bible, you see a bunch of visuals 
alluding to him coming, dying on the cross, and being resurrected all the way through. Right. And, and then how Jesus fulfills that stuff. But the important thing is, and I really got into the Bible where I realized just going once a week was not enough. And doing good deeds has nothing to do with my salvation. And the other key thing is when you become a Christian, you're holy and blameless in God's sight. That's in Colossians 1.22. That means you can't do this yourself. You have to follow Jesus so that God sees you that way. Yes. Otherwise, you show up as a bunch of bones. Yeah, right. With sin and the prodigal son. That's what you're showing up as. So I also think that verse shows us this change. It's kind of like Superman going into a phone booth and coming out with a cloak on, right? Totally different person. And you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're exactly right, David. And a lot of us grow up, we know about God, but we don't know God. Right. It's like if, if um, let's say I was a big fan of LeBron James, okay? Yeah. I get his, uh, t- I get the T-shirt, I get pictures of him, I've been to some games, I know all his statistics, and he comes to Cleveland, he's going to have a big banquet for all his friends at that downtown, real exclusive banquet. And I go there and there's armed guards at the at the front door, let's say at the Sheraton, and I say, they go, what are you doing here? I go, oh, I come to, for the big banquet, LeBron James. They go, do you know him? And I go, oh, yeah. And I show them, you know, I got this this T-shirt. I got this, all these books that, you know, all these magazines about the Cavs and what he used to play for the Cavs. Yeah. They go, well, hold on one second. They call up to the main thing and they go, uh, Mr. LeBron James, they've got a John Murthy here at the front door. He says he knows you. He goes, I don't know him. Yeah. See, I knew about him, yeah. but I didn't know him and he didn't know me. That's why Jesus says, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do that in your name? He says, depart from me, for I never knew you. Yes. It goes back to your point, David. You have to be born again. You can't just know about God. You have to know him in a personal way. And and the other key thing is living in the secular world, we are always around uh, temptations or the ability to be sinful in a bunch of different ways. Romans 8.12 tells us you now have the upper hand over temptation. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you yeah. to do. Okay. And I've seen it in my own life. Um, you know, it's not only that I try and avoid situations now. Uh, I don't do it perfectly. Uh, but where I, I try and stay away from situations where I could be tempted. Yeah, right. Or where I see a bunch of sinful things going on. And I'm not perfect at it yet. Uh, it's an ongoing battle because the world I live in and my network is not reborn believers, a lot of them. So I get pulled into stuff and I have to be very careful, but but your goggles are different, just like yours. I mean, there's so many things you stay away from Mm -hmm. and that you have an equilibrium in life that things, you know, uh, fiery arrows and darts don't hurt you because you're, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they bounce off and you're prepared. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah. that comes back to when you mentioned the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you become a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. That's that's a key. Yeah. You don't. You're not born into this world with the Holy Spirit. You're born again. With, you get the Holy Spirit. So the, one of the things we just mentioned, the Holy Spirit helps you to understand Scripture. It says in First Corinthians two, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Yes. So that's like a really smart guy, like an atheist, like Richard Dawkins or Sam. Yeah. They're very bright, yeah, but they don't have. They don't understand the scriptures. You know, when they talk about it, they don't understand scripture at all. Yeah, because 
the Bible is the only book you have to know the author to understand the message. Am I right? Yeah. I, I didn't know the scripture. You didn't know the scripture before. All of a sudden, you have a hunger for it. You read through the whole thing in a course of a year, and all of a sudden, the more you go to church, the more you read on your own, you're understanding it. Yes. You're able to see. That's the Holy Spirit, David. Because yes. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth of God. Yes. And so you're growing, growing. So number one, it enlightens you. Mm -hmm. Number two, it empowers you. Mm -hmm. Remember you said now you have victory over sin yeah. and habits. Before we didn't have that. We just, you try to live a reform life. You try to turn over a new leaf. You want to be a better person. You want to clean up your act. But you're doing it on your own strength. Now, for example, when I got saved almost 50 years ago, I day after I never again used the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, that was just like burnt out on me. And then God, yeah. every, He started changing my thought life. Yes, you know that says um, in Romans chapter twelve, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed right. by the renewing of your mind." And the the more your mind is renewed, the more you can help other people because you can say, "Here's what happened to me." Yeah, I'm not selling anything. I'm not even saying join this or join that. I'm just saying. This can happen. It's the greatest thing in your life because the, the, remember how the boy got the ring, he got the robe. He didn't have anything. He would have, maybe he came back home with a couple of corn husks in his yeah. pocket. He had nothing. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, and that's what we get. We start getting these things. You don't realize, oh, wow, I, I have this freedom from the guilt of sin. Yes. I now can understand scripture. Mm -hmm. I can now be empowered to overcome sin. I notice the more you grow in Christ, the less you have to do with sinful habits. Yeah. You, know, you have power. Right. Before, it was like we're going to confess. Right, right. Confessance. Yeah. And you never had the victory over it. It, it you know, yeah. So uh, I guess one of the other things I listed was real peace. Yeah, there you it's go. It's a formula for peace and orderliness in your life. Letting the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That's Romans 8, Good. 6. Yeah. You will have happiness and tranquility that comes from the assurance of salvation. And so it, it answers a lot of the questions that people are always struggling with as they get older. Again, we have said this countless times. Everybody, you know, I talk to a lot of people. They're going to wait until they're in a rocking chair, totally retired, have nothing else going on to open the word. Yeah, right. Don't. Right. Don't wait. We don't even know if we have tomorrow. We don't. I don't know. You don't know. Our listeners don't know. The time is now. The time is now. So, so that peace is, as a matter of fact, yeah. the Bible say it's the peace that passes all understanding. And look at the world today. I mean, some statistics just come out, mm -hmm. uh, National Board of Health and these other places, anxiety, depression, yeah. suicide, it's on the rise. And you think people would be more connected with all this social media and phones, mm -hmm. but they're not. Yeah. They're lonelier than ever. Right. They're anxious. But to your point, you can have real peace. You can have a certain set of Before, I was like running. I'm trying to figure out life. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And once I came to Christ, it's like the pieces fit together. Oh, right. That's the purpose. That's the reason for yes and for dying. I understand it now. Before, it's just like we're in a squirrel cage or something. You know, like a hamster on a wheel. Well, you know, I, I kind of think about my life and how I was from college on uh, until I came to the Lord. And it was a rat race. Yeah. I was chasing my tail, and I thought the busier I was, the better off I would be. Yes. Um. So, and and that's that's not the right way to look at it. That's right. Um. So, um. 
So yeah, this is another byproduct. You're gone. Uh, you know, th- this is a verse I really love, Jen, if I could read it. Sure. Um, because this is what you get, the real piece we're talking about. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, and is thrown into the fire, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, we will not much, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have that in my closet. Whoa. I I printed that one off. That is so important. And that's where people start doing the rat race. Oh, yeah. And and go to other addictions. That's right. Because of all the worry. They're looking for peace. Yeah. And that's another benefit. Again, we go back to the prodigal. I'm sure when he went back to his father, he didn't think he was going to get a ring, sandals, a rope. But that's that's when you come to Christ. All of a sudden, you see there's there's so much more than forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's super important. Don't get me wrong. But now you're in a relationship with Him, and all of a sudden, the Bible opens up to you. All of a sudden, like you just said, you have a certain level of peace. Yeah. You can so keeping with that. The, the next thing in line is prayer. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're seeing answers to prayer. Am I right? Oh boy. You're seeing and and be, before we were doing it on our own. Am I right? We just, you know, but now oh, yeah. you get with I, other believers and you say, we're really praying uh, practical things like um, your son's trying to get into a college. You know, you pray for God's favor in business. You have an illness. You have, you you know, somebody that's far away from the Lord and you're going to pray for them. Uh, for your own self, you want you want peace. You want enlightenment. All of a sudden you learn about prayer. And uh, before I didn't pray. I, oh, no. You know, I, I just Oh, you know. the, the only time I prayed is when the priest told me after confession right? to go out and say, X amount of our fathers, few glory bees, et cetera, et cetera. That was probably the only time that I really prayed. I didn't know how to pray. Didn't know how. I mean, now I would say the Our Father, and I know Jesus taught us to pray with the Our Father, but I never knew how to pray. And I definitely didn't think I could go directly to God right. without a priest. Right. That was the game changer for me when I when you talked to me about that, and I realized after Jesus's death how the curtains were ripped yeah. to the tabernacle, and we can go directly now to God our Father in heaven. Yeah, that well, that's what it says. I mean, that, that was a game changer for me. I could talk to God myself, and I don't have a white collar on. Well, that's that. Yeah, it, it says here. I'm reading what you just said, but it says here Hebrews ten. It says, uh, therefore, brothers, having boldness. To enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. The holiest was the, the inner temple, holy of holies in the temple. Only a high priest could go there once a year. That's Yom Kippur, David Tobit. 
But he said, you come boldly. It's a new and living way because you have a high priest entered it for you. Draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith. In other words, like you say, David, you could go into the presence of God. Who are you? You know, I mean, who am I? Yeah. You know, I, this is a little illustration of that, David. Yeah. What is the most famous picture, I'm going to test you here, of the White House? You know the most famous picture ever in the White House in the Oval Office? Oh, yeah. John Kennedy with his son there in the Oval Office. John F. Kennedy yeah. Jr. under his desk. Now, look right. at this. Oval Office, mm -hmm. right? Most most powerful office in the, in the world. The Oval Office, right? I mean, that's where presidents and prime ministers and senators and wealthy businessmen and, and all these come. You know, there's security all around the place and Secret Service. How can that little boy who has no influence, has no, you know, no, uh, he's not a world leader, how can he get that close to the most powerful man in the world? Because he's a relationship. Yeah, he was his son. How can we get that close to our Heavenly Father? It's through the relationship we have because of Jesus. That's right. You see what I'm saying? We have to understand that we are sons and daughters of God, our Father in heaven, who created the universe. You know, but that scripture I read, you know, when you think about it, the people, the Bible also says there's no excuse for anyone not to believe in me yeah. because of the universe. Think about the billions of tons of food every day that feeds all of the animals oh, yeah. and all of the, you know, the creatures of the sea. Yeah. How does that happen well, every single day? They're not going to a grocery store. And how does it happen a month from now? All these trees are going to start prouting leaves and the grass is going to come up green again. And we're sitting on this, this ball, mm -hmm. this blue, this marble that's hung in space. Right. And it's spinning at like 1,000 miles per hour. Right. It'll spin. Yeah. And it's just the right distance from the sun and the moon. Right. Otherwise, if the moon is out of whack, we're going to be in water because Lake Erie's going to come all the way. That's right. The tides and yeah. that. But it's just like when you come to Christ, it's literally your eyes are open. And I'm, again, if anybody's listening, it's like a great time of the year to get saved. Every time is a great time. Yeah, but for Easter, what a wandering time. Yeah. Easter's around yeah. the corner. Um, and I, I tell people, I, mean, I don't know, I plead with people, but I said, at least look at the evidence. At least, I mean, he checks every box. Now, I would like you open it up with repentance, which is good, Dave. We would all want to paint a picture because Jesus says, in the world, you will have tribulation. In many parts of the world, people come to Christ and they're persecuted. They might lose their inheritance. They might be put in jail. You know, that that's- They might lose their life. They might lose their life. Yeah. But- uh, they still have eternal life, and and it's a sad situation. But that's the beauty of Christ is that uh, they have the assurance of salvation. They know he'll never—that's another thing. He promises, I'll never leave you nor forsake. So if you just go with the promises, the promises, the prayer life, and then you come into this idea, his presence. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even if he doesn't feel close to you, that doesn't mean he's distant from you. It just means you don't feel them as close as you may have. You know, right. It could go seasonal. So that's another thing. So when you start checking the boxes, for example, as parents, as a father, there's no better way to raise your children than the Christian faith. No way. Am I right? Yeah. There is no way. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you own your own tank and you park it in your driveway. If you're not giving this to your kids, the best protection you can have is by understanding the super the supernatural 
situation that we are in every day, right. the battle that we're in every day with the enemy and his demons. And the reason we have that situation is it's not just our physical body that God built from the dust, but he also breathed life into us and gave us a soul. Right. You, you are stuck with that design, whether you like it or not. So if you don't follow Christ and reject him, your soul has to go somewhere. Your physical body is going to go back to dust. Right. But your soul is not that fortunate for just that outcome and no pain. Right. You either are going to follow Christ or you're going to deal with the repercussions of it with your soul. Your soul is alive. There you go. It's it's that's another thing. When you come to Christ, you yeah. learn something real quick. The most important thing, the most valuable thing you possess is your soul. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Yeah. And some men try to gain the whole world. Mm -hmm. Napoleons and the Caesars and uh, Hitlers and all these guys. But man, he says, if you lose your soul, that's your most precious thing. Yeah. And in our culture today, they put all the emphasis on the body yeah. and on appearance, which maybe lasts 80 years, 90, yeah. maybe 100 years max. But Jesus says, it's the soul that's going to live for eternity. That's why I say the most important part of a car is the driver. That's right. <laughs> the most important car is the driver. So where do you get this realization? Yeah. It's when you come to Christ right. and accept him, and then he starts revealing what is important in life. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's the best armor you can have. Forget about that tank. Uh, the, the other beautiful thing is we receive the Holy Spirit. This is the Romans 8, 9, 11 says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Right, right. You talk about mega power that we have now with the Holy Spirit, lots of power. When you become a Christian, you have that power. I mean, I never did this before. But I, I thank the Holy Spirit and I talk to him. I need your advice. I'm about to say this. That's very good. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm upset. Can you, you know, I need some comfort. Yeah. So he's our comforter. He's our advisor. He's our counselor. That's he's our protector. So um, we have mega power with the Holy Spirit. I mean, look, that's another gift. Creative ideas about business. It's all from him. I mean, before I'd say, oh, yeah, I just, I'm a case study guy and, and I look at all this stuff from Harvard and all these other places, Stanford and all these, uh, and I come up with all these ideas. I'm an avid reader. No way. Yeah. Because it, it, all of these things that I've gotten over the past, the prayer and fasting that we've done since we've been Christians, we are activating that mega power with the Holy Spirit. Right, right. You can't get that if you don't follow Christ. And now look at this. Your son received got married. Yeah. My son received got married. The greatest gift yeah. as a father that you can give your son right. is the legacy, the example of a Christian life. Plus, we give him other gifts, too. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I'm just saying, am I right? Yeah. To see these couples launching into their their own family now, yeah, it does your heart good to know that the cornerstone of their marriage is Christ. That's the best gift. What I'm pointing at is he checks all the boxes. He does. Yeah. It's the best gift because... If we don't give it to our family and the people we love, we can try to give it to the people we love. Although Jesus, you know, he had a broken family. His family thought he was crazy at first. But I kind of make it akin to giving them an energy source. You can give them a battery, but it's going to die. Yeah. This gives you perpetual energy with the strength of the Holy Spirit to overcome anything, including death. Yeah, right. And that's the way I see it. It's the best, as you said, it's the best gift we can give them. So there you go. Now you got to 
Yeah. For your family, the best way to center a marriage is you guys center. Best way to raise your children, yeah, is 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 is, is to accept Jesus Christ in that to train them and to pray that they come into the kingdom. You know, they become believers themselves. The other thing you touched on, David, is death. I mean, it's something everybody, you, me, the people listening, we're all going to face it. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. No. And I hate to tell people, you know, mm-hmm. it's just what it is. But what does the Bible say? To be absent from the body is to be present mm-hmm. in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Here's what it says here in the Hebrews chapter 2. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that is to say Jesus, likewise shared the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is yeah. the devil, and to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. How many people out there are terrified of death? Oh, yeah. Now, nobody wants to die, you know, for sure. But there's a terror in death for an unbeliever. Yeah. I and mean, I've been at the bedside when people breathe their last breath, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, most recently it was my brother. He he was rock solid in his faith. He served the Lord. He accepted the Lord at about age twenty, about twenty eight, mm-hmm. and uh, he's ready. Yeah, you know, and you you don't want to get to the end of your life and, and say I got to get things right with God. I guess you know, like you say, David, you don't know about tomorrow. No, we hope we're going to have a long, flourishing life, but we don't know. Right, you know, and but to have that security that, as Paul says, to be absent mm-hmm. from the body is to be present with the Lord, or, or the Bible says. I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man what great things God has prepared for those that love him. Yeah. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. So it all speaks of this afterlife. Mm-hmm. We're just getting a little taste of it here. We're like in first grade, maybe second grade. Oh, yeah. To yeah. But there's another benefit. So, I mean, if, you, if you're a sales guy, I mean, we're not trying to sell the gospel. I'm just saying it checks all the boxes. You see what I'm saying? It just keeps coming down line. But another thing that people don't often realize is we now have influence, godly influence. It's not our own strength, our own mind. And I told you in the old days, before I became a believer, I was I worked with veterans. I was a social worker, like a caseworker. And a lot of my caseload was out veterans from Korean War, Vietnam War, some World War II. But I'll a lot of them lived out how they were alcoholic, drug to a degree. But back then, this was the 70s. It was more a lot of alcohol. And I'd talk to them and I'd try to, you know, see how they go into AA meetings. I'd try to see if they can get day labor or spot labor. They were having a hard time. I remember one guy looked at me and he, he really was around Christmas time. I remember his name was John. And he goes, John, he looked at me. What can I do with my life? How can I, like, break the chain? You know, and I, I looked at him and I thought, you're asking me, I mean, in my own mind, I go, what resources do I have? I was lost as he was. He just was on the other side of the yeah. ask it. He had alcohol. Yeah. That wasn't my problem. I had other issues with our sin. But I mean, I enough. now I would have had an answer. Yes. I would have said, here, let me tell you my story. Here's what Jesus could do for you. Yep. We can try to help you all out here with these different agencies and support systems, but he, Jesus will ch- radically change your life. So now I have a you have a message. I have a message, right? That's yeah. powerful. It, it's it's very powerful. And, uh, you know, the, the, the key to your point, too, is the abundant life and healing mm. you can get by following uh, Christ. Um, you can have the life force of God flowing through you. It says you can have life to the fullest, John 10, 10. Yeah, right. And they mean it. Yeah. Because, as you said, the pressure's off. You can pray if you're you have sick family members. If you have mental health issues, 
if you have decisions you have to make that you can't seem to come up with the right answer, right. you can pray through it. That's it. And you can pray for things to happen because you don't know what's in your best interest, but you're asking God and the Holy Spirit right. to work that out for you. Exactly. And I have seen it. Oh, yeah. You have seen it firsthand. Yeah. These are miracles, little miracles. All along the way. All along the path. Okay, now another thing, going back to the prodigal son, remember when he says, kill the fatty calf, that we're going to have a party, we're going to make merry. Hmm. So he had community. Where did he come from? Yeah. Who was his friends? Just the pigs. I remember, yeah. now what does he have? It's a banquet. Yeah. I'm going to kill the fatty calf. We're going to have music. What do you have when you come believer? Community. Yep. Am I right? Have yeah. you had fellowship, churches, for you, for your wife, for your children? I've never, Dana, I've been around different parts of the world. Right? Oh, yeah. And when you go with other believers, it's, they're almost like closer than your your own family. They are. Because there's a kindred spirit. Yeah. And I always say, if if we have the same father, what does that make us, brothers and sisters? But but you don't have... The, it, you don't have nearly the skeletons in the closet with people that you grew up with or family. Uh, you know, even Jesus Christ had to battle the family, inner family issues when he was speaking out about his faith and who he was. Uh, for us, it's a beautiful thing because we're on the same playing field. We're all reborn. It's almost like I feel like we're at the top of the tallest building together yeah. uh, in the sense that we leave everything below us that was sinful, that, you know, it just wasn't where we were supposed to be, but it was driven by material, the material world. And it's such a better place to be. And how, how desperate are people in the world looking for community? I mean, they very groups, they join teams, they go to bars. What do they say about Cheers, the old TV? It's a place you went to mm -hmm. because everybody knew your name. And they called, and it was like home. Yeah, but look at, like the other day we were at, your church when they were all gathered to watch that uh, football game. And right. Steaks and laughing and making friends. And our Friday morning, we get 150 businessmen all come together. There's a level of community there yeah. and the support. And I didn't have before. A lot of times people get together, like you say, David, they have to get together over a drink. They have to get together over a marijuana or something to break the inhibitions and talk and laugh. We do that just... Because you're coming together yeah. because of the Lord. Yeah. You know, so community is a big thing, a big thing. And that's one of the reasons I like ICM, which plants churches around the world. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking a whole show on that in the near future, but because they're bringing people together in, in a church, in community. That's a, it's more than you, just a church. It's, yeah. You're going to see these, God willing, when you travel to Southeast Asia. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. to be part of that, uh, it gets you excited. It gives you a purpose for living. You know, well, it, we have a new identity. Romans eight fifteen says, "When you become a Christian, God adopts you as His own children. You share His divine nature." Right. Two Peter one four. That's, we that's, share His divine nature. That's powerful. Are you kidding? Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I realize the most boring person in the world, when they become a Christian, they could be the talk of the party. When they're with other Christian people, there is so much to talk about yeah. in your life. When you become a follower of Christ, it's not just my kids graduated from college. They right. got married. Right. Oh, I got a promotion at work. Oh my gosh, you're connected to all the believers in your community. Right. And you're talking about the miracles that have occurred with them. And then globally. Right. All of a sudden you're networking with all this other stuff. And yeah. To me, it's like you go through a door right. and a whole new world opens up to you. 
you know, it's like TV. Remember the old days it was black and white? Mm-hmm. And then you got color. Yeah. And then you got high definition. Yeah. And then you got these big screens yeah. with all this, you know, and it's just like jumping out at you. Right. To me, there's, there's a new reason for living and purpose for living, but community's big. Church, fellowship, friendships in the community of Christ. The other thing, remember what he says with the prodigal son? Music. Make merry. We're going to have a feast. Music. <laughs> I know a guy says, I become a Christian just for the music alone. We have the greatest music ever. You know, think of it, even unbelievers like Amazing Grace, that song. It's it's ranked like the number one song of all time. And, uh, number Christ. two, look at Christmas, Silent Night, Oh Holy Night. Look at How Great Thou Art. All of these hymns mm-hmm. that lift your spirit, you, the, the music industry can't do that. Those The music lasts maybe three years, five years on the top ten chart, right? These, these Christian hymns, they last for 50, 100, 200 years. We've got music. We do. You know, that's not, we should never think lower that because that's another one of those boxes we're checking off, you know? Yeah. You know, peace, purpose, power. Now, another one that I wanted to bring up, and a lot of people in America don't realize it, but having lived in Southeast Asia for many years, is that we now have power over the demonic. Oh, yeah. See, people fear evil spirits. This is true in Asia, in Africa, in South America. It's like everyday life. They do all kinds of rituals were special strings and metals and all this to ward off evil. In, in the Muslim country, it's called jinn. In Thailand, it's a different word. It's all over. But when you come to Christ, he says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Yeah. You see, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah. This is powerful stuff. And again, you're in sales, David. If you, you could have a, an asset, like a checkbox, you know, you're selling a product. Now, I'm not trying to sell the gospel, but in a sense, you're showing all the features or the benefits, right? I mean, well, you know, I, I, I guess the thing I'll tell you is I am trying to sell the Bible. Love it. Um, you know, and uh, since I became a believer, because we're giving people a gift. Some of the easiest products to sell are the ones that sell themselves. That That's the train you see for Andrew Carnegie from, you know, Zig Ziglar. Right, right. of salesmanship. This... This is the word of God. It's the easiest thing to sell once you get somebody into it and they are seeing the benefit of it in their life. It's free. It's free. <laughs> and, you know, but to your point, uh, we have authority. We're not in slavery anymore. Right. You have God's delegated power. You have authority to resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4 to 7. Let me read this. You can move about in the world knowing that it belongs to the Father. You can speak to mountains and mulberry trees for your authority in Christ, and they must obey. That's Matthew 21, 21, Luke 17, 6. You are no longer a slave to sickness, fear, depression, and forces of destruction in this world. You have an amazing new status. Yeah, it's true. You know, it is, it, yeah. it is absolutely true that God has given us this just like the father gave all this to his son yeah who didn't deserve it but we don't deserve it but as you go down the list of all these different things that god has given to us and then to realize the best is yet to come okay you know know, again um as we move through life but what intrigues me is like when you're into the scripture the more scripture you study the more your 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 capacity grows your capacity grows Mm -hmm. and the more it grows it's for the it's for your own benefit, yeah, but it's for the benefit of others. And and if you, 
if you if you set one person free, that person might set ten people free, and that person might you don't know. You know that's what I always say. You don't you one lit candle goes into a whole room full of unlit candles. You can light every one in that room. You go out, you lost none of your own light. Yes. So we we are in a beautiful position in terms of the. But then the other thing I like about the Christian, there's many things I like about the Christian faith. But one thing I like is it's dynamic. It's not static. It doesn't just say, okay, you're going to pray five times a day. You're not going to eat that food. You're going to wear this kind of clothes. No, ours is what's called dynamic. It's growing. That's why Peter says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We grow. We go from milk to bread to solid meat. We grow in our spiritual understanding. It's just, you know. Yeah. Our only regret is why did we become Christian sooner, David? <laughs> like, no, I guess it was on time, though. Well, it, it was God's timing. You know, uh, the, you know, when I read that scripture with Matthew twenty one twenty one and Luke, people are like, "He what? Move mountains? What are you talking about?" I got to tell you, you know, it's very similar to when Peter was, uh, when Jesus was walking on the water in the middle of the storm, yeah, right. and then he invited Peter out from the boat, and Peter was walking. Yeah, exactly. Because he had clear faith, he had clear eye contact with Christ. When he thought about what he was doing or where he was, he... He, he, he saw the waves, you know. We do have to strengthen our faith to do some of the things yeah. that are depicted in the Bible, but that is, to your point, what you do around new believers with a good church and with being in the Word yeah, right. weekly. Right, right. That's how you strengthen your faith to do these things. If you, that we have the power to do. It's kind of like, uh, forgive me for. I mean, I took martial arts. It's kind of like, you know, having the right person to teach you martial arts. Right. You're not going to be able to do it if you don't practice it. Yeah. Same with trying to play football, golf, basketball, whatever it is. Learning to throw a discus. You have to exercise your faith, but you have to put time in. Yes. To get all of these rewards. Right. Right, John? Oh, yeah. It's, it's not just you click your fingers and say, oh, I'm a Christian. I, I've got it all. No, the Bible even says about the Bible, study uh, t- study to show that self-approved, a work with right. that rightly divides. So it requires, the more you put into it, it's it's sowing and reaping. It's just like like a farmer. If he overseeds it, he just, if he just puts a couple seed out there, he's going to get a limited crop. It's like a businessman. He makes his cold calls. He puts all the work in. Or if you're in med school and you put in all the hours and you're learning, you're learning, it's gonna, it's gonna, yeah, show. It's gonna after a while, you will see growth in the Christian life, and you will be a person of influence. And and what greater joy is there? I mean, if you lead somebody to Christ, you help them get strong. You've changed their whole life, not of your own strength, but God lets you do that. And what greater joy is it? I mean, you know, you can you can teach a person a trade. You could, you could, you could, if you're a doctor, you could heal their broken bulb. But to lead somebody to Christ, get them going on their road, and they're leading their family or other people to Christ, that's it, man. And, and, you know, end of the story. I, I mean, John, you're my mentor. You've been my mentor from day one. And, I mean, if we were to go back seven and a half years or so, as long as this show has been mm-hmm. uh, airing, you believe it's been that long? Um, and you were to listen to a show with me. Then, yes, and now, yeah, right. There's probably a difference, yeah, sure. It's nowhere where I can be, I have a ton to learn, but you start to get comfortable in interpreting some of the scripture as you get into it more, yeah, exactly. And then the Holy Spirit will also enlighten you more, yes, which is what you taught me, and it's so true, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, 
and we could go on and on oh, and just have a couple yeah. of minutes left. Yep. And as we come closer to the um, mm-hmm. uh, Good Friday and, and, and the resurrection, I want to focus on those in the coming weeks. Yeah. But, but I want to give a little testimony, a little cautionary tale. Oh, not to neglect this. If you hear it, if you're listening today, you've heard any of this message that might like, wow, I never thought of that before. I never really considered commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an example from my own life. Uh, it was I was uh, 19 years old, and I was drafted in the U.S. Army, okay? And I, I went to basic training down at Fort Knox, Kentucky. It's in Louisville. That, that You go to basic training. After that, you go to advanced training. After that, you go overseas. Vietnam, I ended up in Thailand. So you, know, you, you just drill all day. You know, you're just marching and going out to the rifle range and doing all this exercise and all this. You're, you know, basic training. And the sergeant came out at the end of the day. We were all in formation. And he says, anybody wants to go into Louisville tonight, a church is going to bring a bus here. And you can go, and they're going to have a service, and they got refreshments. You can, we, we have this arrangement. You, and me and my buddy said, let's do it. And we got showered up. We got work, you know, nice clothes, whatever. We went with about 30 other soldiers off base. And this little church, first time, David, I ever heard the gospel straight up. is like that. Yeah. Now, he's preaching to 19 and 20-year-olds. They're getting ready to go to Vietnam. Some of those guys mm-hmm. in that room may have died, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'll tell you, David, it was like going over my head. And I knew he was like pleading with us. He says, this is your day. This is your time. If you want to come to Christ, this is the moment. And I let it go over my head. It would be seven years later before. Wow. My point is that if somebody's hearing this message today in this closing, think about this. Don't delay. You know, that. like the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Mm-hmm. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I only say that because I'm thinking maybe somebody's listened to this. Maybe they never listened to this stuff before. Yeah. And consider what we said, but more important, go to the Bible, get the New Testament. You can Google out. I would encourage you to go to the Gospel of John. Uh, pray that God would reveal himself to you and just read one chapter per day. And that's only 21 chapters. It's not that hard to do. And then if you really are going to make commitment to Christ, Seek out a church in your area that preaches the gospel. Okay, just there's, they're they're out there. I don't if you're in Cleveland or Lorraine or where you might be, they're out there. But believe me, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And that's the message David and I are leaving you today: that you can be that prodigal that came whole. You can be the, the who say that he came to his senses. Yeah. Maybe this is the day you're going to come to your senses, like I did, mm-hmm. only fifth, almost fifty years ago, that David did. Was it now, David? Fifteen years, yeah, almost fifteen years ago, yeah, or so. Yeah, not quite. Yep. Yeah, and and that's that's everything, you know. And so, God bless you all, and uh, you know, hope you have a great weekend, David. You want to close in uh, any any advice that you want to share? Yeah, I, I, I you know, thanks, Jan. I, I really enjoyed this show because th- this is a fun show to do. But you know, with God, um, all things work together for good. Romans eight twenty eight says. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And that's how we are as Christian brothers and sisters. There you go. God bless you all. And um, once again, we're extremely grateful for this station, for Mark Fowler. He's just wrote some really good words. I know recently was his birthday. And uh, again, we're just thankful to him, thankful to have this opportunity, you know, to share the gospel. And we'll be looking for some special guests in, uh, in the near future. So God bless you. Have a God great bless day. you. Talk to you soon. Take care.